0: Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that we can celebrate Christmas today, that we can just take time to reflect on the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ, how good you are to us. And Lord, as we continue to sing your praises, may you be honored, may you be glorified as we think about that silent night, that holy night when Jesus Christ was born.
1: cry. Heaven's watching out for you tonight, oh, watching you tonight. Hush, little baby, don't you fret. Nothing's gonna hurt you, not even death, no, oh, not even death. Hush now, Mary, don't be afraid, baby, don't come to clear the way, ooh, come to clear the way. Hush now, Joseph, don't you fuss, soon this child gonna carry us, ooh, gonna carry us. Baby, don't you cry Heaven's watching out for you tonight Watching you tonight We all stand for this song and sing it together
0: This Christmas time we come before you with joy filled awe in our hearts rejoicing that a Savior us your son not to create a holiday but to bring salvation to lost sinners through his death upon a cross and his resurrection from the grave the story that we celebrate today it wasn't the beginning for you planned it and ages past. And we thank you, God, that that it's not the end. That this child would grow up and that the God-man that he would become willingly laid down his life for a lost and sinful and broken world. Father, may we see that in a fresh way this Christmas as we study your scriptures together. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, too. If you have your Bibles with you, please join me in Luke chapter 2 the second chapter of Luke. If you didn't happen to bring a Bible, there should be one in the pew in front of you. Though these verses are familiar to many, it may be good to cast fresh eyes upon the truths of our Savior's birth. The title of today's message is The Wonder of Christmas. I want to ask you this morning, what is it that captures your wonder? Maybe... Maybe it's been a while since you've wondered at something. There there are people in our lives we wonder about, right? But but when were you captured with wonder? Was it it maybe at the the birth of your child, seeing your, your, your spouse on their wedding day? Maybe it was a majestic drive through snow-capped mountains, or seeing the, the powerful breakers of the ocean, and you were filled with, with wonder. I remember when I first went out to meet my wife, she wasn't my wife yet, obviously, but we... Uh, she was in California, and I've shared uh, that with you before, and so we went out there, and, and she wanted to show me around where she grew up, and her grandparents had retired out in the Borrego Springs uh, area, which is out in the Anza Borrego Desert. I had never been to the desert. Uh, the, the closest thing to a desert that I knew was was the, the long walk from my car to the, the shores at, at, at Ludington Beach. I mean, that's a long hike when you're a kid hauling all the, the stuff, you know, and and uh, so that, all that sand was the closest I've seen to desert. And so when we dropped down through the mountains into this desert, the Anza Borrego Desert, I, I was just captivated. I had never seen anything like it. My Michigander eyes had never beheld desert. I pictured like the Sahara, like movie, like when, when people die and, in, uh, in, in, uh, you know, the bones are laying out in the desert when the next traveler follows. So that's what I was picturing, desert. I had never seen anything like this. And it was incredibly beautiful. And we decided to get up early one morning, and there's a, there's a beautiful hike uh, back to an oasis, a natural oasis where water's flowing out of the rock and creates this pool, and there's some palm trees back there in the middle of, of this dry desert land. And so we decided to make this hike early in the morning before it got real hot. And so we began the hike and started up through into this pass, and uh, the sun was just starting to come up. And I turned around, and I had never seen a sunrise like this. The way the sun bounced off the the mountains that surrounded the desert and the the colors that the light brought forth out of this dry and, and dusty and previously what I thought was just a brown area just began to come to life. I tried to take a picture and it didn't do it justice. It never does, right? I was filled with wonder. I can think of other times when my heart has been captured with wonder and you probably can too. But the story of Christmas should fill our hearts with wonder whenever we stop to think about it. Because as glorious as is, is the, the creation around us is, the, the experiences that we may have had with one another, with family members and friends... The first snowfall at Christmas time, and watching your children, children's eyes light up on Christmas morning, all those things are wondrous, but the glories of Christmas far surpass any of these. For it was at Christmas, it's at Christmas time that we celebrate that God became flesh. And as this story unfolds in Luke chapter 2, we're not going to read through the whole story, but I I sure hope you do with loved ones, either tonight or tomorrow sometime. Many of you know that Joseph and Mary had traveled to Bethlehem in order to to be a part of the census that was going to be taken. And of course, Mary was, as the King James says, was great with child, Um, and she gave birth while she was there. In Bethlehem in the most humble and lowly of circumstances and the Bible teaches us that these angels came to some shepherds that were in fields nearby and they proclaimed that the Messiah had been born and they said glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. And it says in verse 15 that when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go over to Bethlehem and see this thing which has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. You know, there was no command from the angels that they had to go see it. But they encountered the divine. They encountered something majestic and glorious. It's not every day that you get a, a personal visit from a host of angels. And I've tried to picture in my mind what this must have been like. But you know, when angels show up, almost always they say, hey, don't be afraid. Now, I, some of you, I, I've, I, I know, uh, I have one son in particular that loves to do this. Uh, I love to scare people. Do you, are you the kind of person that... I mean, you've probably all seen videos on Facebook or YouTube of, of uh, kids setting the camera up around their house and then jumping out and giving mom a heart attack, and then she's chasing him, you know, with a wooden spoon, and, uh, you know, I don't get the sense that the angels got pleasure out of scaring people. They just knew that they did it, and so they just went, whether it was Mary, whether it was Joseph, whether it's the shepherds, they always said, hey, hey, don't be afraid. So The sight must have just been incredible. The glories of the heavenlies shone around them and, and, and they were terrified. And so the angels calmed them and said, you don't have to be afraid. We bring you good news. And so the shepherds heard the news and they couldn't keep it to themselves. They couldn't help but going to see what had transpired. And, and so they, it says they came with haste. They hurried. In verse 16, they ran And they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying what had been told them concerning this child. The shepherds were the first missionaries. And then verse 18 says, And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. There are some Three different verbs that I want us to hone in on today. And for those of you who just started your your Christmas break and thought you'd get a little time off of school, I'm sorry for this, but we're gonna talk about verbs, just three of them today. And the first one is the verb wonder. And we're gonna see, first of all, that the people wondered. They, They heard the message from the shepherds a savior has been born. And they wondered. This word in the original means to be extraordinarily impressed. To be astonished. To be taken aback. One writer says that this word refers to a person who's puzzled by what they've heard, but keeps it in mind in order to understand, often with divine help, its meaning. Mary had a, had a faith, in these people that heard it, they, they wondered, they wanted to find out more. They were astonished and moved, but they, they had a taste in their mouth, and they wanted to learn more about what had been told them by the shepherds. This is a favorite word of Luke. He uses it often in his writings. And one writer says that uh, the way you, Luke uses this word is positively interpreted as an awesome sense of astonishment at the divine. An awesome sense of astonishment. When was the last time you experienced an awesome sense of astonishment? There are a lot of things in life that astonish me. I've seen a lot of things and heard a lot of things, but I'm still taken aback at times. I'm astonished still by a gorgeous sunset. I'm astonished by athletes watching their their workout regimen and their willingness to punish their bodies and, and get into peak physical condition to be able to be at their very best. I'm astonished at the sight of majestic, towering mountains. I'm astonished at times at the beauty of music. These days, I'm regularly astonished at how much a teenager can eat. (laughs) But there's nothing quite so astonishing as the incarnation. God, for all eternity, dwelling is the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in perfect, joyful harmony. Fully content, needing nothing, but desiring to save these sinners, this, this creation that he had lovingly made that, that wandered away from him and rebelled and brought wickedness into his perfect creation. This this God says, I'm gonna become one of them so that I might save them. That's astonishing. Especially when you consider all that he went through. The creator of the universe became an infant. Occasionally we sing a song here at our church. that contains these lines. Filled with wonder. Awestruck wonder. At the mention of your name. I wonder if we're being truthful when we sing along with those words. There's so many things vying for our attention in this world, especially this this busy season. Some of you are leaving right from church today to rush off to a family gathering or another Christmas celebration. And that's all right. That's what the season's about. But if it distracts us, if if it captures our attention and draws us away from Christ, that's not good. Are you filled with wonder, awestruck wonder at our Savior this Christmas? These people who had heard the good news from the shepherd felt just that, wonder. The second verb I want to point you to is, has to do with Mary. And in verse 19... It goes on to say, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, there's actually two verbs here speaking of Mary. It tells us she, she treasured all these things. And it tells us she pondered them in her heart. So she, here's what she did. She took everything in. And who knows how far back this goes. She, maybe she's recollecting that very first encounter with the angel Who comes and and says to her, Listen, she's probably a teenager. Imagine this. She's betrothed to be married. So she's an an excited young woman preparing for her wedding day. And this angel says, I want you to know that you're going to have a baby. All right? You're going to have this baby before you're married. Again, we may not think of that a a whole lot in this culture, but that was grounds for Joseph legally to cut ties and walk away. And and furthermore, he says, this baby is not going to be Joseph's. What? And you're going to get pregnant without ever being with a man. Huh? Fortunately, the same angel visited Joseph and filled him in on the details so as not to make it more awkward and and more unique than what it already was. But maybe she was thinking back to her encounter with her her cousin Elizabeth as she traveled while she was was pregnant and, and met Elizabeth, who had been barren her whole life and now was with child late in her life. And as they talked... And Mary worshipped. Maybe she recalled the, what we call the mag- Magnificat in, in, in Luke chapter 1. Her, her song of praise to God. Maybe she thought about those many nights that she lie awake. Wondering how this would all work out. If Joseph would still stay with her. What people would think. What it was going to mean to be the mother of God. I mean... Think about all the parenting implications to being the mom of God. And think about being the siblings of God. Might as well just give up. <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you, how do you, you can't correct a, a, a sinless being, the one who created you. And Mary, it says, she, She treasured these things, and and she pondered them in her heart. The word treasure means to to preserve, to keep, to protect. And then it says she carefully considered these things. The New Living Translation says she thought about them often. You better believe that she did. This morning, I wanted um, to have a a guest helper up here to illustrate this point, Uh, but he, uh, despite my attempts to bribe him, Uh, My five year old Owen would not come up front. And what I wanted him to do was to be able to come up here and show you his treasure, his most prized possession in all the world. It's what is affectionately known to Owen as 90. It's his blanket that he sleeps with at night. Where the term 90 derived, I think it had to do with 90 night or something like that, I'm not sure. Uh, Ninety is about as beat up and tattered as any blanket possibly could be, and still be considered a blanket. In most households, it's, it's a rag or trash, um, but in our household, it is the most prized blanket in existence, and he treasures Ninety, and he... He always is asking to take 90 everywhere we go, and we've, we've pretty much regulated that it has to stay in the house now due to its, its advanced age and declining health, but <laughs> uh, I tried to bribe him to get it bring up 90 and show you today. He treasures this blanket, this ragged, ugly blanket. We can't even put it in the washing machine anymore. Because it, it, pieces will fall off. And he says, look, it's a mini 90. And so he's got <laughs> mini 90s around his room. <laughs> and he'll shove a piece in his pocket and we go somewhere. and He said, look, I brought mini 90 with me. <laughs> but Mary took all that she had seen. All that she had observed, all that she heard, this whole, this whole process and now this night of giving birth to this child, I just imagine her. You know, we don't exactly know what this, um, this, this room with animals that they were in. We, 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 we derive that from the word manger. So we believe that she was in some kind of a, a lowly place. I mean, they were, probably, they were probably where the animals were kept, whether that was a cave, whether that was a separate room in the house, we, we don't really know. We're imagining here, you know, Joseph, he's already snoring. He's gone. I mean, all that work of watching your wife go through labor. I've been, I've been there. It's exhausting watching, watching that. You don't know what we guys have to go through, ladies. It's exhausting. <laughs> so you know he's already snoring in the corner somewhere. But Mary's not. She's wide awake, and you can imagine Jesus asleep on her chest, and she's watching him breathe, and, and she's just thinking, She's pondering these things. Why would you allow me to be part of this, Lord? What's to become of my son? Does this prophecy refer to him? She calls to mind another passage that she memorized as a child. Was that what you meant? Were you talking about him? My son? She pondered these things. She treasured them. One of the most important parts of being a Christian and one of the most neglected disciplines is that of meditation. Simply reflecting on the things that God wants to say to you, the things that you read in scripture, the things that you hear in a sermon, the songs that you sing, the experiences that God brings you through. As believers, we must carve out time, like Mary, to ponder the glorious truths of the gospel, and the great news that God came to dwell with us. William Bridge, an old Puritan, said that meditation is a most soul-satisfying work. This work of meditation to a gracious soul is a most delightful work. What greater delight Than to think on that God in whom he doth most delight. One of the privileges that we have as Christians is to take the truths that God teaches us and just to step back, get away from the noise, and to quietly worship him, to think about the, the great things that he has done and the greatness of who he is at Christmas time. Find a quiet place. I know we sing about a silent night, but it sure is hard to have one sometimes, isn't it? Find it. Be still before the Lord and treasure the things that God has done. And then finally, we want to see that the shepherds worshipped. The shepherds worshipped verse 20 tells us that the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and heard as it had been told them so the shepherds left that the stable or cave or wherever the baby and Mary and Joseph were and as they were returning to their posts to their flocks it says that as they were going, in the, in the, the way that the, the Greek is structured here, it indicates that as they were traveling, as they were on their way back, they were glorifying and praising God. They were having their own little mini traveling worship service. This was maybe the original very first Christmas caroling. As they're, as they're walking back, they're just glorifying and praising God. They just cannot believe what they were able to bear witness to. And I think it's astounding that God picked shepherds to get front row seats here to the birth of the Messiah. They get to be the first ones on the scene. Shepherds in those days, and you probably know this, were not considered to be at the the upper echelon of society. They were looked down upon by many. They were considered dishonest. In fact, their testimony was often not considered credible in in court. And and yet God said, "I I want you to see this miracle. You know, the Bible tells us that it's, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, that it's not the wise and the powerful and the wealthy and the privileged And those who are full of themselves, who get honored by God. The Bible says God has chosen the the lowly things of this world, the the meek things of this world, the the humble things of the world, so that when God chooses to show up and work, people can can point only to him and not the credentials of man. And God picked a small, out-of-the-way town quiet, unassuming family, a lowly birthplace. And the very first worshipers on the scene were men who would have been disregarded by this world. It points forward to the way that Jesus himself would live and minister among us. He didn't choose the path of a king He got down and he, he washed people's feet. He sat down and ate a meal with, with those that no one else would. He, he picked up little children for whom most people wouldn't have given the time of day and he, he set them on, on his lap. He says, let them come. Our God came into this world in the most humble of circumstances, to the most humble and lowly of people, lived a life that was humble and lowly. And these shepherds, after they encountered God, they couldn't keep it quiet. And as they walked home, walked home, they broke that silent night with shouts of praise and worship. Imagine that it continued all on in the fields. The sheep probably didn't get an ounce of sleep as the shepherds talked and rejoiced, possibly sang, called to mind scriptures. You know, when we take time to treasure and ponder these things, the, the next step, the next logical step in the path is to worship. When you encounter God in His greatness and begin to think about all that He has done for you, the Creator of the world would love us so much that He would give us only Son, In such a humble, unassuming way, the cry of our heart should be, Lord, thank you. It is to you we give praise and honor and glory. May your name be lifted high. This morning, Pastor Herb read these words from Max Licato to the worship team. He says, worship is when you're aware that what you've been given is far greater than what you can give. Worship is the awareness that were it not for his touch, you'd still be hobbling and hurting, bitter and broken. Worship is the half-glazed expression on the parched face of a desert pilgrim as he discovers that the oasis is not a mirage. Worship is the thank you that refuses to be silenced. We've tried to make a science out of worship. We can't do that. We can't do that any more than we can sell love or negotiate peace. Worship is a voluntary act of gratitude offered by the saved to the Savior, by the healed to the healer, and by the delivered to the deliverer. And it was the deliverer that was born that quiet night in Bethlehem so many years ago. You see, God didn't just send us a teacher, God didn't send someone to simply impress us with great miracles, but God sent us a Savior. And he did so not to give us a holiday so that we can put up lights and decorate trees and open presents. But he did so so that we could have a Savior. And that Savior went to the cross for your sins and for mine. That's the great news of Christmas. Sam Storms wrote these words about that Christmas morning. The word became flesh. God became human. The invisible became visible. The untouchable became touchable. Eternal life experienced temporal death. The transcendent one descended and drew near. The unlimited became limited. The infinite became finite. The immutable became immutable The unbreakable became fragile. Spirit became matter. Eternity entered time. The independent became dependent. The almighty became weak. The loved became the hated. The exalted was humbled. The glory was subjected to shame. Fame turned into obscurity. From inexpressible joy, to tears of unimaginable grief, from a throne to a cross, from a ruler to being ruled, from power to weakness. All that happened in the arrival of Jesus. This Christmas, as you get or continue to be busy, as as you enjoy the, the good gifts from God, food and family and gifts from others. Don't lose the wonder of Christmas. The wonder that God would give his only son for you and for me. This morning, I hope that if if you're a Christian here today, that God captures your heart with wonder in a fresh way. But if you're here today and that wonder has never gripped your heart let today be that day that you open yourself up to the love of God and the glories of that first Christmas the wonder of Jesus let's pray Our heavenly Father as we consider these words Let them remain upon our hearts as we go our separate ways, as we travel, as we enjoy great meals and and great company, time with loved ones. Lord, may the wonder of Jesus and the incarnation that God would become man capture our hearts. May the wonder that you love us so very much that you would give your one and only Son fill our hearts with awestruck joy and that this beautiful baby, knowing that he came to die for us. Lord, thrill our hearts with that in a fresh and a new way this Christmas. And it's in Jesus' great and mighty name we pray these things. Amen.